What to do about bundling. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. And our topic today is this emerging trend in bundling, or perhaps you've heard the word bunching by donors, especially following the 2017 federal tax changes. Let me put this into context first and then offer a few ideas of advice on how you can adjust your annual fund strategies to accommodate for this trend that we're seeing in donor behavior. First of all, as you know, at the end of 2017, federal tax policy changed and doubled the standard deduction for a household filing jointly from $12,000 to $24,000. Uh, as we take an early look at charitable giving in 2018 and 2019, uh, there is a hypothesis out there that this may have depressed charitable giving for some households. Now, the households that were most directly affected are the donors who are probably in the middle of your donor pyramid or towards the bottom of the middle of your donor period, uh, pyramid. The, the folks are at the base of your pyramid. They weren't affected by the standard deduction even at $12,000. So tax policy did not affect their decisions for charitable giving. Same thing with the folks at the top of your donor pyramid. The higher dollar donors, they were far exceeding the standard deduction, and they still do. So the change really doesn't affect them as it relates to taxes and charitable giving. Think, however, about that household that maybe gives $1,000, $1,500, $2,500. And if they're a typical household that gives to four or six nonprofits, they were maybe donating that five dollars to $10,000 a year combining that with their mortgage interest and their state and local taxes, and that was exceeding that $12,000 standard deduction, and taxes therefore were part of their charitable giving strategy. Well, now that the deduction is up to $24,000, uh, perhaps that tax incentive has gone away. It doesn't mean that we still can't approach people uh, based on their values and the wide range of other donor motivations, and certainly we still need to be meeting donors at that place. But that's the story with taxes. Now, you line that up against with research that's showing that the percentage of households that give every year is down to about 55%. Uh, about a decade ago, that number was 65%. What's going on there? Uh, is it the case that because of the Great Recession, fewer people are donating? Maybe. Uh, is it the case that we're so focused on major gifts that we're not focusing on the smaller gifts, the base of the pyramid gifts? Maybe, and if that's the case, that's on us on fundraisers to make sure we're still approaching the two and three figure donors as we also pursue major gift fundraising. Uh, is this because the data are from 2016, which they are, and the economic conditions were very different back then? That could be a case, uh, and uh, we just have to go with the best data that we have at the moment. Uh, is the case that we're asking the same number of people and more of them are saying no? We don't know if that's what's going on here, but we do know that the percentage of households giving has declined. And another reason might be because of this idea of bundling or bunching. And we're hearing this anecdotally as we teach in the fundraising school. Here's what that looks like if you're not aware. That a donor's uh, household might be saying, look, let's put our charitable giving in a savings account 
for two years or three years and then make our charitable gift instead of making that gift on an annual basis. And we'll make that gift in that year when we can combine with mortgage interest, state and local taxes, other things that we can itemize and go beyond the $24,000 standard deduction. That's why donors are bunching, that's why they're bundling so that they can get past the standard deduction. They're still gonna donate, they're still gonna donate the same amount over that three years, but it might just be one gift in that third year or in that second year. So that's the reality, that's a little bit of the context. So what? So what do we do about this? Well, what we might wanna consider as fundraisers now is look at our annual giving campaigns in a multi-year context. And this would be a response to donor behavior because the donors who are bundling, the donors who are bunching, they're looking at their charitable giving in a multi-year context. And of course, with fundraising, we always need to meet the donors where they are at. And now more and more donors appear to be bundling, bunching their dollars together for that one big gift in that second or third year. So one thing we might wanna do is instead of having a one-year annual fund fundraising campaign, we might wanna have a two-year annual fund fundraising campaign or a three-year annual fund fundraising campaign. Before I came to the fundraising school in the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, I led a statewide nonprofit focusing on youth development and academic attainment, and we already did a two-year fundraising plan. First of all, fundraising planning was so much work, we only wanted to do it every other year instead of every year. And of course, in that two-year plan, towards the end of the first year, we would see how we were doing, we would tweak accordingly, and we would modify and slightly update the second year of that two-year plan. Well, doing multi-year planning for annual fund fundraising has become more essential now in this climate when more donors are bundling or bunching. So you might wanna consider a two-year or a three-year plan. When you do that, what are you going to do? You're now going to catch all of the donors. One particular year might seem down, like we have fewer donors and fewer dollars. Another particular year might seem higher. Wow, we have more donors and more dollars this year. Well, what might be happening is the fluctuation could be caused by that bundling. If you have a two or three year plan, you're gonna help even all of that out over time and get a truer picture of your annual fund donors. Similarly, when we establish our goals for the future, instead of looking only at the last year of fundraising and planning our next year based on the most recent year's results, and this is something we should have been doing all along anyway, let's look at the last two or three or four years, let's look at a rolling average and let that be the baseline that we use for our next year or our next two or three years of planning. You know, our, many of our foundations do this. Uh, they base their 5% payout estimates on a three-year or four-year rolling average. The same type of approach can help us with our annual fund planning so that we don't have these shocks either down low or up high as we move from one year to the next. So a multi-year strategy, a two to three year annual fund fundraising plan based on the last two to three years of data. There's another approach we can take when we communicate with our donors. If you've noticed that the number of your individual donors has declined over time, Identify those donors who you haven't heard from just in the last year or two, especially since the change in federal tax policy that happened at the end of 2017. Lift those folks out of your donor database and send them a specific letter, or when you're meeting with them, include this specific message. Hey, we've noticed you were a donor with us, and now you're not. We just want to understand why. Was it something about us? Was it something that changed in your, your household? Or was it the federal tax policy, and now are you bundling? 
that message alone can be a powerful message to our donors who are gonna respond and say, wow, A, I missed, they noticed my giving and they noticed when I stopped giving, and perhaps they noticed my motivation, they, they're aware of this bundling, they really get me. That's gonna be serving your donors well in and of itself. And then what you might wanna do, if you have the capacity to set this up, is to invite them to make a pledge. So in this context, we're treating our annual fund fundraising much like we do a capital campaign. When we ask people for a multi-year pledge, maybe we let these donors know, hey, we have a two-year, a three-year annual fund campaign. Would you make a pledge so we know which year you're planning on making that gift? We might be sad if it's not this year or every year, but at least now with our planning, we can be more accurate and know which year that gift is going to arrive. And we're gonna see these donors who bundle will not all land in the same year. They'll land in different years within that two to three year plan. And it's a way to moderate and average out over time in response to this changing donor behavior. So again, we see more and more donors bundling. Uh, this can be tied into the federal tax policy from 2017. There could be economic reasons. There could be reasons on us that we're not asking all the donors in the same way. We need to do that regardless of their financial ability to give. And then there are ways we can adjust our fundraising planning and our fundraising strategies and our fundraising communications to meet this moment. And you know what? It's no different than anything else in fundraising. When social media became a thing, as fundraisers, we needed to adjust, right? As donor advised funds have become very popular, we've needed to adjust. Well, as donors bundle, we need to adjust to meet donors where they're at. Now, a little bit about the fundraising school. We can also customize these courses and this content specifically for you, either with brand new content or a little bit from this course and a little bit from that course and bring it together because you know your organization's specific needs. Or maybe it's an association where many organizations come together or a particular region in a county or a region broader geographically that we can address and provide teaching to. We have four certificates now, the Certificate in Fundraising Management, is joined by the Certificate in Fundraising Leadership. We also have a Certificate in Nonprofit Excellence in partnership with the O'Neill School of Public Policy, also known as SPIA. And of course, we have a new Certificate on College Sports Fundraising. All that information is available on our website, along with information about our quarterly webinars. And of course, these free weekly podcasts, they come out every Monday morning around 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and are archived on our website, free and easy to use for yourself, for your board and for your staff. All that is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school where you can also follow us on our free app. The fundraising school's app is available anywhere that you purchase apps for your technology device. I'm Bill Stanjakevich and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.